0: Thank you. Good evening. I'd like to call to order this City Council me- special meeting of January the second, two 2024. This special meeting is for the purposes... Wait a minute, I'm reading the wrong thing. <laughs> Who put those together? Okay, I am going to call to order this City Council meeting of January second, two 2024. Tonight's meeting is a hybrid meeting. Community members are welcome to join us either in person or remotely through Zoom or by telephone. Clerk, will you please call the roll? Councilmember Tim Chisholm. Councilmember Black. Here. Councilmember Curtis. Here. Councilmember Falcone. Here. Councilmember Pascal? Here. Deputy Mayor Arnold. Here. Mayor Sweet. Here. Thank you. And we will begin right away with the city manager introducing um, the oaths of the office of our new okay. con- our council members.
1: OK, thank you, Madam Mayor. Um, so, uh, welcome to our friends and family and residents who are going to watch us. This. this is a wonderful day for us. It's our first council meeting of the year. Uh, the day we're also going to swear in new council members and also elect a uh, new mayor, deputy mayor. Uh, so, I'm going to just briefly describe what's going to happen in the next 10 minutes uh, for all of you. Uh, so, first of all, John Olson, the Honorable John Olson, our Kirkland Municipal Court presiding judge, will be providing the oath of office to the three council members who are elected in November. He'll be doing that by calling them down in alphabetical order. So. Uh, Following those oaths of office, there will be some professional photography of those oaths. We will then have the current mayor is gonna preside over the nomination and selection of the mayor and deputy mayor. Those will both happen with the current mayor presiding. After those selections are made, we will then have a break. At that break, we'll be able to take pictures with families and friends. We'll also have some cake to celebrate. That break will last about 15 minutes, and then we'll reconvene the council meeting with our new mayor. So with that, as an overview, I'm hoping to find him. I'd like to introduce our presiding court judge, ah, right behind me, John Olson. Welcome, Judge Olson. Thank you. We're gonna provide you with a microphone, judge. We're gonna give you a microphone.
0: Do you want us to move?
2: Okay. okay. And then, yeah, go ahead. And- All right. Just like. Yep.
3: All right. Please raise your right hand. Kelly Curtis, do you, having been duly elected to the office of Kirkland City Council position number two, solemnly swear that you will faithfully and impartially discharge the duties of this office as prescribed by law and to the best of your ability? and that you will support and maintain the Constitution of the State of Washington and of the United States of America. I do. Congratulations. <laughs> Falcone. Oh, oh, smiling. OK. <laughs> okay. you, Amy Falcone, (laughs) having been duly elected to the office of Kirkland City Council, position number six, solemnly swear that you'll faithfully and impartially discharge the duties of this office as prescribed by law and to the best of your ability, and that you'll support and maintain the constitution of the state of Washington and of the United States of America. Yes, I do. Congratulations. Thank you. And finally, council member Tim Chisholm. Right, raise your right hand. And do you, John Tim Chisholm, having been duly elected to the office of Kirkland City Council position number four. Solemnly swear that you will faithfully and impartially discharge the duties of this office as prescribed by law and to the best of your ability, and that you will support and maintain the Constitution of the State of Washington and of the United States of America. I
4: do.
3: Congratulations. Thank
4: you.
1: Thank you, Your Honor.
0: Well, as one of my last duties as, as the current Mayor of the City of Kirkland, it is now time for the selection of the Mayor and Deputy mayor. City City Manager.
1: Yes. So Madam Mayor, we'll have you solicit nominations first for the position of Mayor. Once that decision is made, we're going to ask that you stay and solicit nominations for the position of Deputy Mayor. Uh, Once both those selections are made, um, we'll take the vote. And then we'll have a short break where we'll have photos and chance to celebrate your mayorship and the newly elected members, as well as our new council members. So call for nominations is the next item.
0: Thank you. Nominations are now in order for the position of Mayor. Council Member Black.
5: Thank you, Madam Mayor. Uh, I would like to nominate Councilmember Kelly Curtis to be the next mayor of the city of Kirkland.
0: Second. Moved and seconded to um, nominate Kelly Curtis for mayor. Are there any other nominations for the position of mayor? Seeing none, nominations are closed. Do we do the vote together or?
1: No, one at a time.
0: One at a time. Okay, then. All those in favor of Kelly Curtis, as our incoming mayor, please indicate by saying aye. 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 Motion carries unanimously. Nominations are in order for the de- position of deputy mayor. Um, Councilmember Paschal.
6: Thank you, Madam Mayor. I'd like to nominate Deputy Mayor Jay Arnold to continue serving. Second.
0: It's been moved by Councilmember Pascal seconded by Councilmember Black. Any discussion? All those in favor, please signify by saying aye. 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 aye.
7: aye.
0: Motion carries unanimously. Congratulations. Okay, we will now take a ten-minute
1: break. We'll take a short break. We're going to put some cake out to celebrate, and there'll be opportunities for friends and family to have photos with the new members in their new positions. Uh, We'll have a fifteen-minute break.
8: We are resuming after a brief break, and uh, the former Mayor Sweet and I just quickly changed seats, so I'm trying to get myself organized here. Um, But I really want to thank the council. I'm honored and excited to be appointed as your next mayor. Um, I have to thank Mayor Sweet for her warm and wonderful personality and for her exceptional leadership uh, through some very challenging times and some very transformative years. I'm excited about the future of Kirkland and the opportunity to continue to work on the incredible progress we've made on our city goals and our uh, council goals and our city uh, work plan. And I look forward to serving this dedicated, hardworking council and this wonderful city to the best of my ability. So thank you, council members. I'm honored to serve. And we will begin. Um, And I have to figure out how to do this. So, honors and proclamations. Thank you, Councilmember Sweet. So, (laughs) City city Manager.
1: Okay, thank you, Madam Mayor. So we'll be proclaiming January 15th, 2024 as Martin Luther King Jr. Day of Service in Kirkland, Washington. Uh, For those of you watching at home or here in the audience, the memo describing this has links to our city website, which has lots of opportunities for people to volunteer for that day of service. Um, And reading the proclamation, will be our council member, Penny Sweet. And here to receive the proclamation is Mike Milligan, who's a retired president from Verizon Global Wholesale and a board member and Kirkland resident for 25 years and his daughter Whitney. So welcome, you'll be coming up here.
0: Proclaiming January the fifteenth, two thousand twenty-four, as Martin Luther King Jr. Day of Service in Kirkland, Washington. Whereas, like the the reverend, ugh, <laughs> I used to be mayor. <laughs> um, whereas the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. devoted his life to advancing equality, social justice, and opportunity for all. Challenged all. Re- residents to help build a more perfect union and live up to the purpose and potential of America. And his teachings continue to guide and inspire us in addressing challenges in our own communities. And whereas, in 1994, Congress initiated the King Holiday and Service Act, a nationwide effort to transform the federal holiday honoring the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. into a day of community service, grounded in Dr. King's teachings that helps solve social problems while focusing on bringing people together and breaking down the barriers that have divided us as a nation and whereas serving one's community on the King King holiday is an appropriate way to honor Dr. King, meet local and national needs, bring our residents together and strengthen our communities and nation. And whereas the Martin Luther King Jr. Day of Service is the only federal holiday commemorated as a national day of service and offers an opportunity for Americans to give back to their communities on the holiday and make an ongoing commitment to service throughout the year. And whereas the the Martin Luther King Jr. Day of Service projects are being organized by a whole range of nonprofit and community organizations, educational institutions, public agencies, private businesses, and other organizations across the nation, And whereas Kirkland community members are encouraged to participate in King Day of Service volunteer events and commit to a full year of service to their community and can visit the city's website for volunteer opportunities. Now, therefore, our mayor, Kelly Curtis, on behalf of the city council, does hereby proclaim Martin Luther King Jr. Day as Martin Luther King Jr. Day of Service in Kirkland and calls upon the people of Kirkland, Washington, to serve their neighbors and their community through participation in community service projects on Martin Luther King Jr. Day and to commit to a year of service to generate positive change.
9: Thank you very much Um, we're grateful to be here this evening we appreciate congratulations mayor curtis thank you miss Sweet, um for this honor you're presiding over one of the greatest cities in the world and i've been around the world and i had an opportunity to choose where i would spend the rest of my life and kirkland is that place the good message though is that i convinced my daughter (laughs) after 20 years to also move to Kirkland so we can also pay taxes here. (laughs) So now you've got young blood to be able to help carry forth the dream. And with Dr. King, in celebrating him, I'm particularly grateful that Kirkland has stepped out to honor him and to ensure that this day of service, I think January the 15th is the holiday, is one that all Kirkland residents can participate in. We're grateful and we thank Thank you for that, and we look forward to a significant future here in Kirkland. I call Kirkland the, I come from Monterey, California. I'm very fond of Carmel, and when I first started walking up and down the streets here in Lake Washington, it reminded me of Carmel. Now I call it the Riviera of the Northwest. (laughs) (laughs) So congratulations, and um, we look forward to continuing our residency here. Thank you.
8: now we're moving on to communications items of the audience goodbye family <laughs> <laughs> this is the time in the meeting where we normally hear from the public on matters that are not quasi judicial or scheduled for a public hearing of which there are none scheduled for this evening please limit your remarks to three minutes and the council will receive up to three comments each side or both sides of each issue If you are either present in person or virtually and would like to address the council during this items from the audience period, please sign up using the online public comment instruction link or person using the posted QR code. For those participating by phone, please dial star nine to be recognized to speak. Community members will be called in the order in which they signed up. Items for the audience is an important part of our business meeting, and we ask that everyone be treated with kindness and respect. We ask that you please not clap or applaud after a speaker or express your disagreement with a speaker. We want everyone in Kirkland to feel welcome, expressing their viewpoints regardless of content. Because they can be disruptive, signs and placards are not allowed in council chambers during our meetings regardless of their content. City
10: Clerk.
0: Mayor, we have four people signed up to address the council this evening,
8: starting with Rex Rempel, followed by Bev Marcus. Mr. Rempel. Thank you.
0: Next speaker is Bev Marcus, followed by Alex Zimmerman and
11: Kurt Dresner. This is this
8: Marcus? David,
12: on the back. Mayor Curtis, Deputy Mayor Arnold, Council members. I'm Bev Marcus and I live in downtown Kirkland. In the spirit of the new year. Here is one of my wishes. A downtown core where pedestrians, thank you, where pedestrian safety rather than traffic throughput is a paramount goal. Via emails and focus groups, I've communicated to the city my pedestrian perils navigating the downtown core, describing the fear that grips me because of too many close calls with drivers as I use crosswalks. Case in point, Central Way Crossing at the Wing Dome. Until recently, orange flags were the tool for pedestrians to signal our crossing. Not really effective, but cheap. Then after months of construction, a flashing beacon, or RRFB, was installed at a cost of some $200,000. An improvement? Mm. When my husband and I cross, we count the cars speeding through, sometimes up to four. One driver was in such a hurry that he circled back around the block to harass us because we yelled as he ignored the flashers. These costly beacons give pedestrians a dangerously false sense of security. In fairness, I've always received timely responses when I asked the city why we can't have more traffic calming measures. The short answer, central way is an arterial where traffic calming measures are limited because arterials need to accommodate the highest traffic volumes. Is that assumption true? Is it immutable? Does central Way have to be designated as an arterial? Would need to prioritize traffic flow. What stops us from undesignating central as an arterial when traffic calming measures, where traffic calming measures such as raised crosswalks could be considered? A 2018 Federal Highway Administration report estimated that the average cost of raised, raised crosswalks, excuse me, is less than ten thousand dollars even adjusting for inflation that's magnitudes cheaper than an rrfb which is dependent on driver discretion rather than creating a barrier that actually slows traffic i've given just one example of the hazardous central way crossing when i bring this up with folks a typical response is to chime in with their own downtown crossing stress stories i offer no solutions today just planting a seed, perhaps. Given we're now updating our comp and transportation plans, I challenge us to rethinking the seemingly ingrained assumptions that we've made and to imagine a safer downtown environment where the stress-free movement of pedestrians, not traffic throughput, is a key component of the overarching vision. Thank you. And congratulations, everyone. Thank
8: you. Mr. Zimmerman.
13: Happy New Year, yeah, for everybody. In good health. Hail, my dirty damn Nazi fascist junta. My name is Alex Zimmerman. I'm president of Stand Up America. What has happened today in Bellevue Council meeting? Yeah. What has I come it's What things make me absolutely shocked? I never see like this before. I'm for 40 years. What has I live here in this location? They elect deputy mayor. Iranian Muslim, more Malakotinian, who first time consul candidate, in who, who live only for 10 years. Yeah, here. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, it makes me totally shocked. Yeah, it's not about election, it's about Bellevue Council. Declare right now aggressive war against American and Jew. Why are they doing this? Why are they elect men <laughs> who only 10 years and first time elect, you know what is meaning, he Iranian Muslim? This makes me absolutely shocked. And I try to understand why are they doing this? What is motivation? Why are they have aggressively show so they not care about American and not care about Jew? Why are they doing this? Because this mafia, this organized criminal, this junta control all city. They show who's a master, who's a führer in Bellevue. You know what this mean? Is don't have absolutely sense. Plus, he's a work for Amazon manager who make two hundred thousand dollars in Bellevue council always support corporation. This is a classic fascism. So my question right now to you guys: Can you doing something? Mm-hmm. Different, you know what it means, be a real American, and everybody can be real American, you know what it means. Why Bellevue so exception? They interrupt me in every meeting they cannot handle. So I go and spoke for many years in every meeting I come, they interrupt me. What they do doing to Mayor Robinson, you know what it means. She's a key to everything. So guys, I want to explain to you how this is possible. So East Side right now, come from real, real American location, freedom of speech in respect American, and American people, you know what this means, to pure fascism, to pure bandita, you know what this means, who declare war, officially declare war against American and Jew. I cannot understand this. I cannot understand what is so happened so fast. You know what this means? Almost for last like six months, they cut everything for freedom of speech. Why is they doing this? Are they scared? Are they bandita? We need stopping this bandita. It's a mafia, a junta. What is we need stopping for 40 Mr. years? Zimmerman, thank you very much.
8: Thank you. I want to offer a comment on behalf of council. What we heard tonight, frankly, was hurtful and offensive to our community. The city council does not condone those comments. We are committed to making Kirkland a safe, inclusive, and welcoming place for all. At the same time, items for the audience does provide an opportunity for the community to express their views to council, regardless of content. Mr. Dresner.
6: Uh, Good evening. Uh, I just sort of signed up last minute uh, I first just wanted to say congratulations to all the newly elected and re-elected council members, um, and Happy New Year to everyone. Um, I really love living in Kirkland. I really love Kirkland. I think it's a fantastic city, and every time I leave, I'm reminded of how great we have it here. Um, But I want to make sure that we don't rest on our laurels, and I know that a lot of you have bold visions for the future, and I want to encourage you to be bold. I want to encourage you to. Um, lead the way uh, in our region and in our country Um, I'm I'm, like mayor Curtis said I am excited for the future of Kirkland and um, let's make it awesome thanks
8: thank you is there anyone else who would like to address the council not that item is closed and i realize that i've neglected to excuse councilmember pascal so with council's permission we will excuse councilmember pascal for the rest of the meeting um, and we will now move on to the consent calendar before i have a motion i would like to ask deputy mayor to present the audit of accounts.
14: thank you mayor we had payroll in the amount of $5,387,652.44 and bills in the amount of $9,059,154.71. Is
8: there a motion to approve? Madam Mayor, I'd like to move the acceptance of the consent
5: calendar. Second.
8: Thank you. It has been moved by Councilmember Sweet and seconded by Council Member Black. All in, those in the favor, please say Aye. 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 Uh, the consent calendar has been approved. And Now we're already at business at 815, mm-hmm. so we will move to uh, item 10A, Fire Station 27, Redmond Medic Coalition ILA, City Manager.
1: Okay. Thank you, Madam Mayor. So, um, we are going to ask the council to not take action on this tonight, I'm gonna to explain that in a second. Um, uh, our Fire Chief Joe Sanford is gonna make the presentation. Uh, the sharp eye of Councilor Black um, identified a conflict in the ILA that needs clarification with Redmond. It's related to the um, half uh, station and whether or not there's a reserve car there. So uh, uh, Chief Joe Sanford's gonna go over the ILA itself, but we're gonna ask the council to hold this until Uh, the next council meeting where we're going to bring it back with the clarification. So uh, no action is needed by the council this time, but we do want to give you the presentation and answer any questions that you might have. So with that, I'll uh, ask Chief Joe Sanford to give you the presentation.
7: Thank you, City Manager. Um, Good evening, council. Congratulations to all the new members. I'm going to share my screen. I have just a couple slides. And can you see that? Yes. Okay. Um, I'm going to have an update on the co-location interlocal agreement between Redmond and uh, Kirkland. Just kind of give you a broad overview of uh, what it contains and some of the benefits. Um, Some of the direct benefits to co-locating medics and EMTs is obviously we get faster response times for ALS if, they're, um, if they remain in Kirkland. Um, one of the things that uh, the medic, that medic unit responds to about 2,100 calls a year and over 1,700 of them are in Kirkland so it's, it's a, a great benefit to have them inside our response area and station 27 is an ideal location Being across or the new station twenty seven, being across. uh, One of the things that makes the uh, uh, the location ideal is that uh, the medics can interact with the Um, when they follow through with a patient that's been brought to Evergreen, and they can. Um, Talk to the docs about what their decisions were in the field, and then what, how the the um, the tests the doctor runs and the final conclusions that they make. It enhances their skills. Well, it also enhances EMT skills when the medics are in the stations talking to us in the same way about that we make on patients in the field and um, what the doctors found. So, and just. Uh, in the station. And about uh, ten, uh, 10 years ago, 12 years ago, they were in station 27 and there for about a decade. And they have a, a history of success uh, co-locating with the medics. Uh, the interlocal agreement um, in its language uh, term is um, we have designated in station 27 a half half bay that's what the city manager was talking about that council member black pointed out um, we have a half bay that they will contribute to the cost of um, they also can put two vehicles in and there's not enough room to put two vehicles in a half bay so that's the language we need to clean up but they would be um, paying for that half bay some office-based sleeping quarters and a supply room. So they cover the cost of the square footage as it relates to the, the entire session. Then throughout the term of the agreement, they cover uh, operations and maintenance on that same square footage on that basis. Uh, the interlocal agreement can be terminated with 18 months notice by either side. And so what we're going to do is go back and correct that language and then bring it back for approval at a future council council meeting um, our time limit is that it needs to be 27 which we're projecting right now is it will be end of March sometime in April you so we'll have some time and that's my presentation. <laughs>
8: Thank you, Chief. City Manager, do you want to address the ILA or should we go to comments and questions?
1: Uh, We'll go to comments and questions and then I can wrap up and like I said, we'll bring this back when we have a chance to clarify.
8: Okay, any comments, questions? All right, back to you.
1: (laughs) Okay, Uh, thank you so much. So well, I guess I will just say, so the um, agreement that we reached with Redmond is to have the primary unit, the unit they responded in the half bay for which in the ILA Um, Redmond fully contributed for the cost of the construction of that half bay and all of our soft costs associated with it. We also wanna make it possible for reserve car to be there, but the ILA agreement itself is about the primary car for 15 years, so we may have opportunities where we need to have our own reserve vehicles, so we need to just separate the discussion of the reserve vehicle from the discussion of the primary vehicle and the paramedics. So that's the clarification that we need to get with Redmond, so. Uh, hoping that will happen fairly quickly, and I'll bring it back to finalize this. And again, thank you, Council Member Black, for catching that. Thank you.
8: All right, then we will move to item 10B, 2023-2028, Transportation Improvement Program Adoption, Resolution 5617, City Manager.
1: All right, so this next item, I'll be swapping out here. Um, Presentation is gonna be by our Interim Director of Public Works, Chuck Deaver, and this is to, I'm hoping you're, ah, I see, it's Rod, Rod Stitzer and Laura Drake are gonna be giving this presentation, all right. Uh, and so this was a carry forward from the discussion the Council had on December 12th, and so we had the public hearing last um, fall, and we're gonna be asking for final action here tonight. So I think I'll be turning it over to Rod. Thank you, City Manager.
15: Actually, we've got um, Laura Drake, our new CIP Supervisor, going to be uh, finishing up this presentation. Just a few short slides. So, Laura.
10: Great. Thank you, Rod. Thank you, City Manager. Um, Good evening, Madam Mayor, Deputy Mayor and City Council. I have three short slides for you this evening to talk about the Transportation Improvement Program for the 2023 to 2028 Capital Improvement Program. THE TIP IS NOT A PLANNING DOCUMENT, BUT IT IS A REFLECTION OF THE TRANSPORTATION COMPONENTS WITHIN THE CIP. BY STATE LAW, THE CITY MUST ADOPT THEIR TIP BETWEEN JANUARY 1st AND JULY 1st OF EACH YEAR. TO SUMMARIZE RECENT ACTIVITIES, um, IN EARLY NOVEMBER, STAFF PRESENTED TO COUNCIL THE SECOND UPDATE OF THE 2023 TO 2028 CAPITAL IMPROVEMENT Program and held a hearing at the Planning Commission for the CFP. After a public announcement, staff held the TIP hearing to receive feedback from both council and the community. And in December, council adopted the CFP and the CIP. And now this evening, January 2nd, council may choose to adopt this update to the TIP. After receiving no comments at the November meeting, uh, at the November public hearing, staff recommends approving resolution R5617 to adopt the 2023 to 2028 update to the TIP. And um, going forward, all future TIP adoptions are planned to occur in January of each calendar year. On this final slide, I have a pie chart on the bottom right highlighting the different types of projects funded in the TIP, which includes safety, public transit, capacity, non motorized, and maintenance projects. And if Council were to adopt the TIP this evening, staff will transmit it to the State Department of Transportation, the Puget Sound Regional Council, neighboring agencies, and King County. Are there any questions?
8: Council. Council member
10: Tim Chisholm.
4: Thank you. Uh, did the planning commission make a recommendation on this?
10: Rod, can you confirm if the planning commission made a recommendation on this update to the TIP?
15: Please. Um, so the, the process includes, um, and Laura, you might, uh, if you could go back one slide, uh, coordination through Uh, the hearing and CIP process with the CFP, the Capital Facilities Plan. The Planning Commission reviews the Capital Facility Plan, uh, which then is the planning document used to generate the funding document of the Capital Improvement Plan. And the TIP is simply a reflection of the Capital Improvement Plan. So uh, by extension, I would say, yes, the Planning Commission has weighed in on the TIP, but it's through... The capital facilities plan, specifically the TIP. Uh, I don't believe that we took this to the Planning Commission.
4: Thank you.
8: Councilmember Black.
4: Thank
5: you, Madam Mayor. Uh, so I'll get us started. I assume that if, since uh, Councilmember Pascal was too sick to actually be here to talk about the TIP, that it must be fine.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
5: um, so I would like to move for. Adoption of Resolution R5617, a resolution of the City Council of the City of Kirkland adopting the 2023-2028 update to the Transportation Improvement Program for the City of Kirkland.
8: Second. All right. It's been moved by Council Member Black and second by Council Member Sweet. Uh, is there any discussion? All right. All those in favor? Oh, the question is on the motion to approve resolution. 5617, adopting the 2023-28 update to the Transportation Improvement Program for the City of Kirkland. All those in favor, please say aye. 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 The motion passes. Thank you. Thank you, Rod and um, Laura. All right, we are now moving to item 10 C, 2024, City Council Committee Interest. City Manager. Okay,
1: thank you, Madam Mayor. So we're not looking for action tonight, but what we are gonna be doing is presenting the council with uh, the various standing committee assignments and asking for your suggestions of interest in many different ways. And here to give you that presentation is our government affairs manager, Diana Hart.
16: Good evening, council. Um, I have a brief presentation for you tonight. Um, so starting off, um, Kirkland is really well represented regionally. Um, we have statewide, out, statewide, we have an outsized impact for the size of our city. Um, on this slide, I have all of the new regionally appointed boards and commissions for 2024 in bold for new council members serving on those. And the asterisks are entirely new seats. So quite the list of uh, regional engagement that the city has. The distinction between these boards and commissions and the ones that we'll be talking about next is that these seats represent more than just Kirkland. Represent Sound Cities Association and the AWC Association, of Washington Cities more broadly. Um, so while Kirkland is obviously well represented at these tables, um, when you represent the city at these tables, you're also representing more than just Kirkland. So when you get to work with just Kirkland, um, we're looking at the council work groups um, the descriptions and meeting times for each of these seats i'm going to be talking about are more fleshed out in your packet happy to answer any specific questions but i won't be diving into all of those for this presentation um, starting in the middle there are three council work groups that meet as needed for specific time periods on narrow topics the second subject is the city committees um, so these include the Disability board um, for the internal purposes and the other as mandated by state statute to have a council member as chair is the um, tourism budget advisory group, the Tourism Development Committee. And then the final section is the long list of the regional committees um, from very specific topics like yra 8 Salmon Recovery Council um, and the I-405 EAG to broad all-encompassing topics like PSRC's Executive Executive Board and SCA's Public Issues Committee. We cover a lot of things a whole lot of content that come through these um, these seats are granted to the city either through interlocal agreements or due to the city's size or location each is supported by staff subject matter experts um, at the city so don't worry if you're not a policy expert in them when you start serving. <laughs> Um, Moving on to next steps. Um, If you're interested in serving on any of these seats or in not continuing on a seat on which you currently serve, um, you have an opportunity to say so tonight or to let the mayor and deputy mayor know by the end of this week. Um, If you send an email, if you could CC um, city manager and I on it, that would be greatly appreciated. Um, This will ensure that the mayor and deputy mayor have time to meet next week to develop um, a proposal for council's consideration at your next meeting. Um, So I will pull up all of the committees if you wanna talk about them. Um, While there are many entities on the side, I wanna note that they are not all equal in their workload. Some meet as needed quarterly, all the way to the ledge work group, which meets for maybe a couple hours a week during the session. So a big variety in the level of work that each needs. Um, so if you have specific questions about what each of these do happy to answer to the extent that i can or you're also welcome to engage with staff or your um, fellow council members throughout the week and learn what might be a good fit for you
8: and your interests um, so with that we'll turn things back to you thank you diana um, kirkland is well represented there's over 50 committees that uh, we have a seat at the table and have a chance to advocate for, uh, as Diana said, our Sound City Association and Kirkland itself. So be proud of your hardworking council. Um, if you're comfortable tonight talking about any changes you want to make or any, um, I know Council Member Tim Chisholm, you probably need some time to study up on these committees. Um, please share tonight and then again, as Diana said, uh, Deputy Mayor and I would love to receive an email with any thoughts, so Councilmember Sweet. I have
0: a couple of suggestions. Um, I notice it's not called out here, but we do have two positions on the Cascade Water Alliance, the the regular position, which I will have to stay on because I'm I'm the chair, Um, but there is also an alternate position, uh, which uh, currently Councilmember Pascoe holds. I also got a note from Deanna Dawson from uh, AWC today reminding me that we have participated at least through the duration of my term as mayor on the large city awc large city work group Um, i don't see it on the list
16: it's not guaranteed to the city you do have to apply for it right so So we could apply um, again as well
0: she was hoping to hear of some interest uh, from kirkland the other suggestion that i have is that we have on most of our city committees and the council work groups more than one individual. We've not done that with the Tourism Development Committee. and I would suggest that we have an
11: alternate member to that committee.
8: Thank you. C- Council Member Falcom.
11: Thank you, Madam Mayor. That's my first time saying that to you. That's kind of. Um, well, thank you for this. I appreciate that we're doing this process and that we're being really transparent about everybody's interests. So thank you for that. Um, not, probably not a surprise. I'm interested in continuing, or, or you want our interest tonight? Yeah, okay. I'm very interested in continuing on the Lake Washington School District Coordinating Committee. I really enjoy that work and I have three children in the Lake Washington School District. Um, so I'm very engaged. I'm on the PTA and PTO boards at their schools. And um, so I would very much like to continue to represent Kirkland in those meetings. Um, I am also very interested in the Tourism Development Committee, as no surprise to you. Um, I've been really engaged in bringing more diverse events to the city of Kirkland through um, dedicated funding in our budget, through working to bring the Africans on the East Side Fashion Show, to working to bring the Pride Across the Bridge um, uh, holiday um, potluck that we just had. This is something that I'm very, very passionate about, and I'm really excited to hopefully get engaged in that as well. Um, Another... New thing that I'm very interested in is the NORCOM Principles Assembly. Um, Working with our behavioral health um, crisis focused, I think there's a lot of, uh, this is one piece of the puzzle, is our dispatch. And it's something that I'm very passionate about. And I've brought forth ideas in the past to add to our budget set asides for mental health professionals in our dispatch. That's something that um, there's still work to do to bring folks along in that. And I'd really like to be a voice at the table to help represent Kirkland on that because that's something I'm particularly passionate about. Um, I'm interested in continuing either as our um, alternate or representative on the RACER Principles Assembly. Again, this is something that I'm very passionate about and have personal lived experience as well as experience on the Human Services Commission and the council work related to that. Um, I am happy to remain as our PIC alternate and or member. I don't know what the interest is there. Um, I do have to say PIC had a really good discussion, and I know I owe you notes. I was on vacation, so I owe notes from the last PIC meeting. I do have them, just need to polish them. Uh, And there was a really good discussion about who's going to be the PIC uh, representatives in this coming year. And the discussion really focused on how PIC is a really good opportunity for newly electeds to get to know electeds regionally. And that they felt there were so many um, passings of the baton being spoken of so that um, those who were new could get to know regional issues, could get to know folks regionally. So that's just something that... um, I wanted to mention that I am happy to continue serving in that capacity, but I'm also happy to help pass the baton if there's someone else that's interested in having that opportunity. I really enjoy hearing from other folks, but I also get to sit on the SCA board. So, um, again, happy to serve, but don't need to, um, same with the transportation ad hoc work group. I'm happy to continue doing that, but also happy to provide that opportunity to someone else that may be passionate about that as well. Um, so wanted to open that up, um, Again, if there's interest. Also, there's a long list of stuff in here that I don't know a ton about. I just read emails about all the work that you know former Mayor Sweet, Council Member Sweet, has been working on. Um, so I want to also say that as you go through this, if you need people as like alternates for stuff, like feel free to reach out, just because I didn't mention it tonight, that it didn't bubble up. It doesn't mean I'm not interested. I'm interested in a lot of these things. Um, so let me know, ping me, if there's something that um, we need another, another council member on.
8: Thank you. Thank you. Any- Deputy
14: Mayor. Thank you, Madam Mayor. A Couple things to note as um, we are kicking things around here. For the East Trail Regional Advisory Council, um, I serve as co-chair there. And one of the things that we are doing is uh, organizing a conference seminar to happen in 2024 of the East Trail to kind of set the next vision For uh, things going forward. We lasted this in 2015 and really have accomplished a lot of what we set out to um, from that inspirational process. As we kick this off again, I'd like the opportunity to continue that work and uh, at least go through this year to be able to uh, uh, get through that conference and planning. Um, Same thing with the 405-167 Executive Advisory Group. There's some financing issues that we're in the middle of. We'd like to continue that. I am open to changes on Eastside Transportation Partnership. Um, I've uh, served on that since I joined council. And if there are other council members that wanna uh, be plugged into transportation issues, that may be something that we can do. Kirkland has two seats, it's Councilmember Black and I that serve there. Finally, I am uh, interested in um, continuing on the King County City's climate collaboration, like was mentioned uh, at the legislative session. Uh, this group is meeting weekly during the session to talk about climate bills and would like to continue that at least through the session. Um, Council Member Black and I, uh, serve on that. We could technically have a third person there. It's just more of an ad hoc group versus that are of folks that are willing to go testify and be involved on bills versus uh, anything where we only have a particular seat. We're just limited by quorum at that point. Thank you.
8: Thank you. That was helpful, Councilman Black.
5: I didn't raise my no. hand.
8: I know, but I'm going to let.
5: <laughs> Thank you, Madam Mayor. Um, yeah, I think I can keep mine pretty short. Um, I uh, actually I provided uh, the former former mayor Sweet <laughs> and uh, Deputy Mayor uh, Diana and uh, City Manager uh, Triplet. Several weeks ago, um, my overall uh, interest in um, in these uh, commit regional committees and work groups and whatnot. Uh, Based the short of it is, I w- I'd like to continue in all the roles I'm currently in, um, and um, I was interested in the tourism development committee, but I understand there's plenty of interest in that, and that's fine. I trust my colleagues to handle that very well, and. Um, I think I heard Councilmember Falcón say that she has some interest in um, opening up the transportation ad hoc work group. Um, I, would, I would be willing to serve in that role. It does dovetail well with uh, the work I do with the ETP and now my recent appointment uh, as an uh, alternate for the uh, regional uh, transportation uh, committee. So uh, I guess I'm, I'm developing an expertise in transportation, which is fine because it's super important. Um, and um, I think that's, yeah, I think that summarizes it. Thank you.
8: Thank you. Councilmember Tim Chisholm, anything you want to add?
4: Um, I would express my um, interest in the Tourism Development Committee. I think um, it would be a pleasure to serve there. I think I have a lot of business background with small businesses, entrepreneurship, and can connect well with that population. The Lake Washington School District is also another interest of mine, um, simply because I have kids in the district, um, and I have had a significant amount of involvement with the Office of the Superintendent through the Planning Commission and coordinating with him, and uh, as well as the Office of Facilities that's within the Superintendent's Office. and they've had um, a a, a significant communication with the Planning Commission for years, and I've been a part of that, Um, as well as the King County Cities Climate Collaboration, um, and that is just climate change is something I'm passionate about, although I don't know a lot about that committee, but I'm just throwing that out there. Uh, And that's what I see What I'll comment on today. Awesome,
8: thank you, that's very helpful. Obviously, we can't hear from Councilmember Member today, so I will follow up with him to see. Hmm? Oh, he sent an email. Oh, I haven't had time. <laughs> so, all right. The only two things I'll add from me. Whoops. Did, did you want me to? Did you want to hear from me? <laughs> did I skip you?
0: It's okay. It's okay. I know. I'm yesterday's news. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what my husband said as he left here this evening. <laughs>
8: Oh, okay, I'm pink now. <laughs> Council Member Sweet, please. Just,
0: um, I I think this is a really good discussion. Um, I am on two new committees this year, so I'm kind of excited about, but i am also lost a lot of positions that I was pretty excited about. I will be adding membership on MUPAC uh, for regional water quality. Um, I have talked to the chair of that group, and they are inviting me uh, to join them. I also am interested in the Tourism Development Committee. Um, I sort of developed that committee when I first came on council, and I think it's done, we've done a terrific job with it. Um, I'd be happy to, to perform as an alternate, but you guys are gonna have to figure that one out. And in terms of, I will continue to chair the Metropolitan Solid Waste Advisory Committee. Um, hopefully I will have staff support <laughs> finding the replacement for my old staff board is gonna be an impossible job. But um so other than that, I am happy with my assignments and willing to step up wherever you need me.
8: Thank you, and I apologize for skipping <laughs> you. All right, all I was gonna add from me was I am interested in dropping WIRA, which um Councilmember Falcone has <laughs> a lot on her plate but i did find some nice synergy between Waira and uh, king conservation district your new committee and then i'm i'm open to stepping off pick the advantage of me remaining on pick is i am on the nominations committee if i move to alternate or i'm off i, I can no longer serve um but i what your comments about pick were interesting so i will if someone wants to step up as pick i'm happy to step aside so let me know Anything else?
0: I just have one more comment, and that's with regard to the climate collaboration work that um, Deputy Mayor Arnold and, and Councilmember Black are involved in. I think we need to collaborate a little bit on what the Solid Waste Advisory Committee is doing because we've got municipal representation across the county on that. And as we move forward, particularly with the RAP Act this year, um, I think it will be an important body of work.
8: Councilmember
5: Black. Thank you, Madam Mayor. Uh, one thing I forgot to talk about, um, and I should, um, and I don't need to be um, on all the Principals Assembly, but I would note that NORCOM Principals Assembly uh, does dovetail really well with uh, my role uh, as on the Principals Assembly for RACER. So I would be interested in it. At the same time, it could just be, uh, I know Councilmember Falcone expressed interest in it too, so it could just be us coordinating really closely together and communicating really closely together on what's going on with RACER, Community Response, um, and NORCOM, but I'd also uh, be interested in that too. So thanks.
8: Thank you. Anyone else? All right, and if you have any additional thoughts, please let us know by Friday, and Deputy Mayor and I will do our best. So let's move on to the pool ballot measure follow-up, item 10D. City Manager. Okay, thank, thank you, you, Madam Mayor. Diana.
1: Um, so Hilary della Cruz, our management analyst, is gonna come up and make this presentation, but I w- did wanna do a few introductory remarks before she tees it up. Um, so I know council has gotten some uh, feedback from the public about why are we looking at this again, and I just want to have a chance to briefly provide an overview of that. So uh, what we're trying to be clear about in the memo and we wanna be clear about today is we are not asking the council whether or not we wanna go to the ballot again. Um, tonight we're gonna be talking about Should we do a community survey to find out why the ballot failed? And then is there any community interest in proceeding? Um, And there's two additional pieces of information I think it was helpful for us to uh, propose this to you um, in the December 12th budget. Uh, The first is when we did the PFEC process with uh, the full community support, one of the things they said was they felt that we should try the ballot measure, which one of their mantras was something for everyone in the ballot, (laughs) and so we did that. Um, they also said that if it didn't pass they would recommend that we come back and try again with something smaller and more focused um, We also heard at the December 12th council meeting um, Ken McKenzie who was a person who chaired the Opposition committee around the campaign against it actually came unsolicited and spoke to the council and said that he felt that a focused Sensible pool was at least worth consideration and that he thought a survey to understand Whether there's a path forward was something that he was willing to work with the city council on and with, with the city staff on so uh, for those reasons, we proposed to you on December 12th that it was worth at least ex- exploring from the community uh, what in the ballot measure they didn't like. Was it too big, was it too complex, or was it simply we just don't want a pool? And we want to talk to the council tonight about what kinds of questions you'd like us to ask in that survey. But again, I want to emphasize that we're not asking council to make a decision whether or not to proceed that would happen after the survey when you have the full information from what the community says as a response. So. Uh, with that as a long overview, I wanna go ahead and turn it over to Hilary Dela Cruz and then we'll be happy to answer questions at the end of the presentation. So
8: thank,
17: thank you. you. Thank you, Hillary. Thank you, good evening mayor and council members. It's good to be here with you in the new year. Um, as city manager triplet mentioned, my name is Hilary Dela Cruz and I'm the management analyst with Parks and Community Services. I am joined by Parks and Community Services Director Lynn Swagstra and um, Finance and Administration Director Michael Olson, who um, Lynn is available to answer some questions, and Michael will be presenting on one slide related to potential levy funding. And tonight, our presentation is about the pool follow-up and specifically about the survey. Um, So our agenda is on the screen here. um, And as you all know, after significant community input, council placed Proposition 1 on the ballot last November and it failed. And as um, City Manager was just mentioned, at the December 12th meeting, Council meeting, Council allocated funding for a community survey to learn about why Proposition 1 did not pass and to understand the community's priorities for the future. And so tonight's presentation will cover the new community survey design and topics and seek Council's input on the topics, review the timeline and exploration should Council decide to explore an August 2024 ballot measure and also talk briefly about the potential loving funding availability. This slide briefly outlines the community survey design. Um, Staff are signing a contract with EMC Research and working on survey questions right now. And EMC is the group who has managed our surveys in the past as well. And so the overall goal of the survey is to gather more insight into the November 2023 results so council can use this information to decide what to do next. As mentioned um, in the memo, at this time, there's no assumption that council is planning to move forward or not. Um, The EMC managed statistically valid survey would use the same sample size and response gathering methods as a spring 2023 survey with responses from 400 participants gathered via telephone and an online survey with online links specific to the intended participant. The goal is to talk to people who voted in the last election and staff are working with EMC on the specific questions um, and will share the final draft questions with council at the January 16th council meeting with the goal of final Final question approval on January 18th for the survey to open right after that. And after the statistically valid survey, an open link survey would be hosted on the city's website again, um, and that would be open through February 6th, right before the council meeting where you would be hearing the results from the statistically valid survey. Um, And so those results again will be shared on the February 6th meeting, and then the open link survey results would be shared at the February 20th council meeting. So the next two slides contain the overarching topics that staff have asked EMC research to design a survey to answer. And these were in your council packet, but I'll just read them out loud um, as well. And after I review these two sides of question topics, I will seek council's feedback about the direction of the survey. So these topics include answering, why did the ballot measure fail? Is the community opposed to any new property taxes at this time? Was the purpose, was the proposed measure too expensive? Was the funding mechanism too complicated? Was the measure too focused on the Aquatic Recreation and Community Center? Was the permanent ongoing levy the reason it failed? Was the location of the Houghton Park and Ride a reason it failed? When people supported the ballot measure, what caused them to vote yes? Would a smaller, more focused pool funded with a time-limited levy um, that expires garner more community support? And would the location of a smaller, more focused pool matter? And if so, would the community prefer a pool at the Houghton Park and Ride? or at the North Kirkland Community Center. Um, So those are the main topic areas that we have shared with EMC research so far. And staff are seeking council's feedback and specifically want to know if this list of question topics covers what council would like to learn from the survey, if there are any additional topics council would like to explore. Any council feedback will be shared with EMC research and we will do our best to incorporate the feedback into the survey instrument. And then after your discussion on the survey, Topics. We have three more slides about the potential levy funding and the timeline and next steps. So at this point, I'll turn it back over to Council to provide feedback about these topics. And please let me know if you'd like me to go back to any of the slides.
8: All right. Do we have any feedback on the survey questions? Councilmember Falcon?
17: Thank you, Madam
11: Mayor. Well, thank you so much, Hillary. I appreciate this presentation tonight. And City Manager, I appreciate your introductory remarks um, about why we're doing this and what we've heard from the community. I really f- feel like, you know, we've heard from the community for years through various surveys, through community input, the community wants an aquatic center, wants some sort of pool. I don't think that's up for question. I think what's really up for question is what exactly they want that to look like, right? Because we've heard really strongly that this is something they're looking for, yet the ballot measure failed, right? And so we missed the mark as far as um, the specifics of what they're looking for. A lot of these questions really focus on like what went wrong, but I really want to hear kind of open-ended. What do you want as a community member? What is it that you want in an aquatic center? I think that would be really important. Um, we have heard, you know, we've all been listening to a lot of feedback from the community about this ballot measure. We've heard that um, folks felt it was too big, right? So can we dig in a little bit about that? Was it that? Um, did they feel that the recreation and community spaces were needed or is that why they chose to not support the ballot measure, right? Is that why it was too big of a ballot measure or was it some of the other things that were not related to the aquatic center? Um, curious to know, you know some of the other feedback we heard, you know, whether it's operated by the city or a private organization, what are community members' thoughts on that? Uh, we know that that was something that we heard from some of the folks in the opposition um, committee, but I'm wondering uh, how much of the community feels that way. Uh, we also heard both during, a little bit during PFAC and also from community members, um, a desire to have something in the, in the northern uh, part of Kirkland as well. I'd like to explore a little bit about that. Like, would folks be interested in a partnership with Kenmore? I know Kenmore is working on, you know, a feasibility study for um, building an aquatic center. Is that something that, that folks in our community would be interested in? Or I want to I learn a little bit more about that, about what folks are looking for as far as geographically. Is that part of why it didn't pass, um, kind of what is the interest there? Would folks prefer a Northern End one or, or Southern Kirkland one? Um, and also I'd be interested to hear more about um, what folks felt about the perceived cost. That's another piece of feedback that we heard from the community. Just better understanding, you know, I think there was a lot of maybe not completely accurate information out there in the community about what the cost would be to residents. And so um, I'd like to understand that a little bit more. And also, this is kind of really nuanced and detailed, what folks, would, um, what folks are looking for. And I think a survey is a really good tool to get a very um, broad but shallow uh, perspective of what the community feels. And I think it's really important for us to understand a little bit more depth as well So I'd really like to see us do some follow-up qualitative as part of this as well. I don't know that this, whether this needs to be contracted out or something that I think less formally could be done by city staff. But we could ask at the end of the survey, um, you know, we'll be following up with some respondents um, on some of their answers to the questions. Would you like to be included in that? And if so, provide, you know, your email or phone number. We could follow up and have like a quick phone call, five-minute phone call just to ask a little bit more and to understand some of those qualitative nuances as to what people do want, what they would support, that would be really, really helpful in deciding whether or not to put forth another ballot measure, and if so, what that might look like, what the community's really looking like. So that's
8: my input. Thank you. Thank you. Deputy Mayor Arnold.
14: Thank you, Madam Mayor. Uh, thank you, Hillary. The, the survey questions cover a lot of things, but I think they start with the assumption that uh, Council Member Falcon made that the community wants a pool. And I'd like to make sure that we're gauging that level of interest in a priority. We ask questions are property taxes too high? Is this pool uh, too big? Was there too much focus on aquatics and community center versus other park stuff? What we don't ask is what's your level of interest in investing in a pool versus other city priorities? And I'd like to see something about that to to, uh, confirm or um, elucidate the the assumption you're making is how strongly does the community want want a pool? Um, And uh, given everything else that's in here, I think we'll get some good information on what to do if that's the case, but I want to make sure that we're asking that question directly. Thank you.
8: member tim chisholm
4: thank you madam mayor Um, uh, two questions one the site debate between houghton and the north kirkland community center i would like to know that what the construction cost difference would be because the houghton site is pretty flat and the north kirkland community center represents the possibility of increased costs due to its terrain i believe number two the this ballot measure prop one was, I believe, $230 for every $1 million in assessed value. Was that, is that right?
17: It was um, a little complicated. It okay. was $280 written on the ballot, but then what it was going to end up costing was about $250 per million once we got the um, amended assessed value rates back.
4: Well, anyway, if we bring some ba- something back to the ballot measure, I'd like to know how low we can get that number. Because if we don't move that number significantly, I think we're going to have the same result in, in the vote. And, you know, I would like to see how low we can get that number. And if we can get that number to something lower, uh, but it has to be much lower. You know, and I don't know what that exact number is, but it needs to be a significant difference between 280 and what we propose. Thank you.
17: Thank you know just add, um, um, Michael will talk a little bit about some of those funding number benchmarks um, in his slide. And then for your first question about the cost difference of the construction, I think the site costs were about 11 million dollars different between Houghton Park and Ride um, being less and the North Kirkland Community Center. is that? Depending on the size of the, on the, size of the facility. So we, we can definitely um, bring back that specific information for the same size facilities at the two sites as well
4: okay yeah well it's important because if we move it north to address one concern then we increase costs so thank you
8: thank you council member sweet
0: i feel like we're picking at a scab here (laughs) um this is this has been such an emotional issue and and it's been going on for for so long i'm interested in the answers to all of these questions but they're all so nuanced uh, what I'm not sure that we are going to get from this survey what I'm hearing on the street and what I'm hearing in in emails is uh, overwhelming fatigue with increased taxes um, uh, an interest in is there any alternative way to fund something like this Can we develop partnerships with the organizations that have businesses in or around Kirkland? Um, Just other business models, private partnerships or private-public partnerships. Um, So I think I'd like to see, I don't know, I don't don't want to hold it out as a lifeline because I know that that's always been there, but I'm hearing it enough um, from people who are expressing Disinterest in going to the ballot again—that um, I think it's an important consideration.
8: Thank you. Thank you, Councilmember Black.
7: Uh, thank
5: you, Madam Mayor. Uh, well, I don't disagree with um, uh, Councilmember Sweet's uh, comments about the the challenges this uh, presents, and we have heard from um, members of the public um, about uh, us. Uh, examining uh the reason you know some of the issues around the the 2023 ballot measure um and uh possibly uh doing a 2024 ballot measure um you know i think it's been suggested in in some of the communications we've gotten that that's you know means the the city council somehow out of touch with the city um is not listening to the city and actually i for my colleagues i strongly disagree with that um i think uh The work that we're doing now is really about us listening to our community. Um, Members of our community, a majority of our community on many occasions, um, including as part of the PROS plan, 45 some members of PFECT who spent something like eight months uh, analyzing this, uh, our park board members who are some of our key advisors. uh, Community surveys, many, many times uh, we've had what um, has uh, all indications are that a majority of our residents um, believe that this is one of their key priorities for public facilities in the city of Kirkland. Uh, I do agree with Deputy Mayor Arnold. I, it, it's important for us to check in on that um, and uh, make sure that any assumptions we're making about that are continue to be true. But I think it's simply a matter of good governance that we not actually eliminate choices for our voters um, that we give our voters choices. Um, none of the ballot measures for pool aquatic facilities since 2015 and in 2023, um, they weren't, those two ballot measures weren't the same. Uh, and what we would propose in 2024 would, would, would be informed by this work that we're doing, how we can address the concerns that are, uh, that, uh, uh, that voters expressed collectively in their 2023 vote. Um, We can only put one option before the voters at a time, um, really, realistically, Um, and um, you know this would be really taking what we've seen in 2023, trying to really learn from it, and then presenting the voters with a choice. And I think that's a matter of good governance. I think that's a matter of us listening to the 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 majority of our community that has expressed that this is a priority public facility for them, while also listening to. Uh, and really reaching out to um, our voters who uh, voted uh, against um, the 2023 measure. Um, so uh, that does sort of lead to my um, uh, principle uh, key, what I believe is sort of the key issue, at least for me, um, is understanding um, we certainly should be finding, uh, checking our assumption about everything that we've heard about this being a priority for the community as a key public facility that they would like to see in the city of Kirkland. Uh, But once we do that, uh, when we're talking to uh, community members that support this as a public facility, I think it's important for us to understand if they voted against the ballot measure, I really want to understand why. I don't know how to get to that. I don't know if we can get to that through through a survey or whether it's more Focused qualitative um, discussions that we have with uh, folks who express that they continue to support this as, a, as an important public facility, but voted against the 2023 measure, um, and um, those are folks that I would really love to talk to because um, those are those are those are some of the most important people. Um, they want this, but but what they saw in the 2023 ballot measure was not what they were looking for, uh, so. I know that sort of uh, that mimics some of what I've heard from my other colleagues, but I just want to sort of emphasize that for me, that's sort of the key element. Um, we have a, uh, and it's sort of key to us listening to the community both on the side of those who've expressed their interest in this, uh, this type of public facility, but also those who obviously uh, 59 to 60% of uh, who voted against the, the 2023 measure. So with that, I'll stop. Thanks.
8: Thank you. Anybody have additional comments? I'm just gonna add a couple things. I also agree with um, getting qualitative information would be super helpful. Um, to follow up on Council Member Tim Chisholm's comments, uh, these questions are very binary and if we say, if you're gonna pick Houghton or North Kirkland, there is a cost difference, which is one of the reasons that PFAC chose Houghton as per square foot, it was significantly lower. And if we just ask that in a yes or no, you know, people aren't going to have the data. Along with the property tax question, it's it's not a yes or no. It is what is your threshold for property taxes for a significant public uh, amenity. So we've got to figure out how to phrase that question in a less yes or no binary way. So thank you. Thank you.
17: Thank you. Um, now I'll have to work on
1: so, just really quickly, um, one of the things that was the no campaign we talked about the permanent levy, uh, which was the proposal from PFAC and approved by the council. And so, we had to ask ourselves is it even possible to fund a focus pool with something that was term limited? So, what we did is just a little bit of work just to show it is possible, depending on what you choose. This, again, is not for a decision, but it was just to say that we have begun to start that evaluation so that if the feedback from the community is that they want to keep exploring it, just you have a relative sense. Uh, to get to Councilmember Tim Chisholm's comment about cost. So um, I'm going to turn this over to our finance director, Michael Olson, just going to talk about this uh, short table.
2: Thank you. Good evening. Um, a levy lid lift for the purposes of paying for debt services is limited to nine years. So each of these scenarios shows what would be uh, costing the uh, uh, property owners for a levy for nine years to raise various amounts. And it shows what the... Levy rate would be if it was just the levy paying for the debt service But if the city added 750,000 a year from each of REIT and park impact fees, it could be reduced what the levy needed to be. I'll just do the middle line to issue $50 million of debt for a 42,000 square foot facility would cost 15 cents per thousand of assessed valuations. So for a million dollar home, that would be $150 a year and that the city also budgeted $1.5 million of its own capital funding for that. It. it would be $110 a year, would reduce it by $40 a year.
1: And Michael or Hillary, can you remind us what the actual ballot measure was? in <laughs> cents per thousand? 28. 28 cents per thousand, right so we just had a discussion about is it possible to get close to half of what was on the ballot before and again it obviously would depend on what you selected and where you selected it and how big it was but um we just thought this would be at least good to have council um as background so happy to answer any questions on that
8: Councilmember sweet
0: but a nine-year levy without anything to sustain any pool that we built would require significantly more investment from your
2: 10 on am i correct well once it's constructed uh, you you do need funds to operate it
13: mm-hmm.
2: but i believe this would be for the construction of a, a facility which is
0: what happened during forward thrust when they built all the swimming pools mm-hmm. and they didn't have any
8: M money
2: right the city would have to fund uh, M after
14: the construction thank you deputy mayor Thank you. Can you remind us the square foot size of the 2023 20, ballot measure facility?
17: Yeah, um, it was 86,000 square feet at the Houghton Park and Ride site.
14: Thank you.
8: Councilmember Mayor
11: Thank you, Madam Mayor. Well, thank you for this, Michael. This is really helpful, and thank you for translating it into amount of money per year for a million-dollar home. That's really helpful, I think, for us to get our brains around, right? Um, I appreciate that. Can you, just to follow up to some of the questions we've heard, can you... Um, Sweet, thank you for that comment. Um, and do we have an idea of how much, um, O&M would cost the city? And my other question is looking at the option for the, um, $750,000 a year, each of REIT and park impact fees. What meaningful impact would that have on other projects that we may have in the pipeline that we may not be able to do? We may not have the answers tonight, but that's just things that I'd be interested in knowing.
1: Let me jump in on that. Yeah, so one of the challenges that decided to give you this chart was because we knew it raised exactly those questions, which are exactly the right questions, right? Was what about the rest of the story? So we haven't really presumed to go too far down that path because some of the issue of cost recovery and and the operational subsidy will depend on what size facility you pick and what's in it and how it's programmed and so forth. So we'd have a lot of work to do on that end to see how close we could get to, say, 75 or 85% cost recovery for the facility to really tell you what it would be as an ongoing cost going on. Um, just a quick note, it would be a significant impact on the park fee um, to do routine maintenance and other facility improvements across the board if we made this kind of allocation, unless you chose to take it as something else like transportation and so forth. So while this is certainly doable, that sort of 750, it is also, it would be a significant opportunity cost from whatever else that you might do. So, um, but we haven't really said like what would we cut or anything like that, but it, it, it's a, it would be a significant investment.
8: Oh, Councilman
5: Black. Uh, thank you, Madam Mayor. I was just trying to remember, what I, during that discussion, I forgot what my question was. Um, hopefully I'll come up with it while I make this uh, comment. I, I uh, somewhat lightheartedly, I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna, uh, you know, state that the uh, 2023 ballot measure had its pluses. It has minuses. One of its pluses was that it funded um, the operations and maintenance uh of the uh of the pool uh a facility that we were going to build for generations of kirklanders we were going to have a source of uh of funding for it so it's unfortunate but again it had negative minuses some of that may not have been fully appreciated by the voters um and so you know we are where we are and that's fine um and we're going to learn more about this hopefully if we move forward with the with this further re- follow-up research um so um uh I am going to have to uh, give it back to you, Madam Mayor, because I could not. I did want to make that observation, but I also had a question. If I think about it, I'll raise my hand. Thanks. All right. Anyone else?
1: Just one last comment. You know, one of the things we don't have up here is the a potential bond, which requires a sixty percent. Each of these options would be a fifty percent plus one, so that's certainly something we could also come back for. Um, Our assumption was just really is it within striking distance? So this was just to get a rough order of magnitude for council to think about. I think our assessment in PFX previously was it would be difficult to get 60% in any scenario, but we could certainly run a bond scenario at 60% as well, which would lower the amount, but it's obviously a higher threshold to pass. But again, this wasn't proposals, it was just to help set the stage of, is this, like I said, within striking distance? So,
8: oh, Councilman Black is back.
5: Yeah, if it's okay. Yeah. Thank you, yeah. I, I, uh, what I was going to say was I, you know, I, I do like, I appreciate this information. I think the public's going to really appreciate this information. I think it's a really helpful place for a framework from which we can start. And what I really like about this is, you know, we are again, back to my earlier comments about, uh, both listening to, uh, the majority of residents who see this as uh, a key public facility they'd like to fund. Um, and those who didn't want to fund it through the me- the the, um, the uh, measure that we proposed in 2023 and the PFAC proposed in 2023, this is really responsive to that because what we have here, what we're being presented, at least you know as a sort of uh, you know concept a, a preliminary concept, both addresses the size of the facility, which was a concern raised by the uh, by the no campaign, um, and also addresses the you know the idea of a, a Uh, permanent levy Um, so um, I appreciate the direction we're going and I uh, again support uh, us doing this further research so that we can really understand uh, if there's another alternative out there that would make a lot of sense that would be reasonable achievable fiscally responsible and would address the stated needs of the community thanks
8: thank you Um, one of the questions I have and I don't know if this is where it fits but as we continue this conversation will Will we be able to qualify um, residents to fit under our universal low-income relief program? So I'd like to have
1: that. Yeah, thank you. Yes, that, it's our intent absolutely to bring that kind of information back as well, and that would be the intent is to both have a Kirkland, uh, lower cost for Kirkland residents than anyone else, and then also to have scholarships and qualified discounts similar to low income. So, yes, we, we're building on that. All right,
8: thank you.
17: All right, Hillary? Great, well, um, this is the second to last slide, and this shows a condensed version of the comprehensive timeline table that was provided in your council packets. And the first column is dates if council were to look at an August 2024 ballot measure. The second column is dates if council were to look at November 2024. Um, the dates shown in both columns are essentially the last possible date for each item to happen in order to meet the filing date. Um, and so the filing date for August is May 3rd. And so I'm briefly gonna discuss the August 2024 timeline and then share a couple of notes about the alternative November 2024 timeline. Um, So as we know, um, staff will come back to the council meeting on January 16th with the draft final survey questions for council's review. And then February 6th is really an important decision date for council members um, in the August 2024 timeline where council will discuss whether or not to explore a ballot measure for August 2024. The statistically valid survey results will be shared at the meeting and staff will have information about funds that would be needed for um, the contract for additional concept plans and cost estimate work for two facilities. Um, And then at that point, um, there would be some of the different concept plan work and kind of costing and answering some of these questions work that would continue if council were deciding to move forward with the exploration. Um, And there would be a couple a few more meetings as you can see on your Schedules here um, and then kind of the final meeting would be a special meeting on April 30th for council to vote on an ordinance and appoint the pro-con committee members. Um, And so this is a really tight timeline as you can see and it's also important to stick with in order to meet that May 3rd filing due date with King County elections um, because any delay might end up in additional meetings um, or resulting in not being able to meet the filing due date. And then if council were to follow a November 2024 exploration timeline in the second column, their survey would still be conducted in the same time, um, but then if Council knew they only wanted to look at November 2024, on February 6th, that kind of final decision of should we continue exploring or not, there'd probably be a little bit more time to make that decision. Um, One of the main factors here is that doing the additional concept plan and cost estimating work for the specific facility sizes as well as the operations um, takes you know, a certain amount of time with our contractor, and so that's really the kind of chunk that needs to make sure there's enough time, so that's really um, what's allowed in the schedules here. And I think those are all the notes I have on the schedule. Um, so that's really the end of the presentation that we had prepared for you, and so as next steps, um, we'll take all your really helpful feedback from tonight and share that EMC research to hopefully incorporate into both the survey and then other potential exploration um, or gathering of input measure methods that we can take, and I've heard a couple ask for qualitative um, measures, and so we'll discuss that as staff. And we'll return to the January 16th meeting with final draft survey questions for council review, and then the statistically valid results will be shared at the February 6th meeting, and that will be, would be the meeting, if, you, if council is wanting to consider August 2024, that would be the meeting at which to decide whether further exploration would be taking place or not. But again, that wouldn't be a decision of we're going to the ballot or not, but just kind of that we want to invest in further exploration. Um, so that concludes my presentation, and I'm happy to answer any other questions if you have any other ones.
8: Anyone have any more questions? All right.
1: Sweet. I have a question oh. over
14: oh, sorry, Deputy Thank you. Uh, <clears throat> Hillary, I'm wondering if you could um, have this deck sent to the whole council. The council packet only included the detailed timeline for the Uh, election in the primary and I'd ask for some information on the on the general to have that that particular option and those dates side by side were uh, super helpful both of them seem tight (laughs) depending on uh, what we hear from the follow-up survey from the 2023 ballot measure but uh, I do want to have the option to say let's uh, make a decision not just yes no on August, but the option of potentially November and the trade-offs for that. Thank you
8: Anyone else? My two thoughts are Deadlines tight and it's hard for a yes and a no committee to Turn around that quickly. I also would be curious what other ballot measures are going to be on the August We know what's happening in November, but what's mm-hmm. going to be on the ballot in August?
1: So. Yeah, at the moment we are not aware of any other ballot measure um being on the august ballot that's one of the reasons i sort of targeted it as a discussion we do know um as you mentioned that there's likely to be um, a school district bond measure um, they haven't fully decided that yet but that's the indication they've given us there possibly could be a um, evergreen health bond measure again they haven't decided but they said if they did go they would go in november mm-hmm. and then we're also aware that there's uh, several initiatives to the legislature that are likely to result in something being on the November ballot, either the initiative itself or the initiative and alternatives. And we know that one of those that has qualified would be a ballot measure that would repeal the uh, Climate Act. So there's a lot on there. And, of course, there's a presidential election, which creates great turnout for people who would like to vote for ballot measures. So uh, there's a lot of pros and cons of November that we can talk about um, in future, future meetings. So there's definitely some pluses to November as well.
8: Great. Thank you. Thank you, Hillary, Lynn, and Michael. Thank you. Thank
1: you. Just a quick time check. This is when you normally take your short break, although we're also close to the end of our meeting. So just wanted to remind you, if you need that quick comfort break, we could do that. Would
8: you all like a break?
4: No, oh, I don't, I'll defer to you.
8: Well, I think everybody else wants to keep going. Okay, okay. all right. Welcome.
4: <laughs>
8: and actually, you're lucky. Because we're going to finish early on tonight, uh, tonight, and I am not taking credit for that. Um, so we are before 10 o'clock, which means that we have another opportunity for items for the audience. Excuse
1: me, Madam Mayor, first we have council reports, oh. um, yeah, regional reports, and city manager report before I, items. I
8: audience. knew I was going to goof up. Okay, let's do council mayor reports, and I'm going to start with Deputy Mayor Arnold.
14: Uh, thank you, Madam Mayor. I had a couple things to discuss since our December council meeting. Uh, the Future Sound Regional Council Transportation Policy Board um, is in the middle of um, a lot of interesting discussions on how to prioritize climate and safety in the scoring of future projects and, and strengthen those things. There is some concern um, within some of our neighboring cities on some of these policies on how they impact the development of regional centers, and I expect that the tpb is going to have some extra meetings in january to to go flesh these out but stay tuned for that on tuesday december 19th um the former mayor and i met with the sustainability ambassadors to check in on the snap program where the uh, kids in lake washington school district working on sustainability are working with our sustainability plans and neighborhood plans. And they want to update us on that plan, which um, hopefully we'll see sometime in the first quarter of this year. Uh, But they also may be wanting to discuss the future of the program. Um, The fall continuation of this um, is not funded. uh, And it's going to be before we talk about the next budget cycle. So there there may be something uh, from that coming forward. And then um, finally, the uh, former mayor and I did a tour of the Waste Management Recycling Center in Woodinville. Uh, this is the second tour I've done. Uh, it was probably five years ago since I've last done it, and it's gone through some significant upgrades. They're much better at recovering plastic, and overall they're recovering 88% of the materials to recycle uh, compared to contaminated materials and uh, people doing— Um, what they call wish cycling, which is putting something in the recycling, hoping that something would happen, but uh, not something that they are set up for. Um, All this material gets um, returned in our uh, recycling bins, and it's an automated process that sorts it out and figures out, okay, here's the mixed paper and the plastic and the aluminum and the glass. It's really fascinating. I would recommend the tour if any of you have the uh, opportunity in the future. Thank you.
8: Thank you, Councillor Falcone.
11: Thank you, Madam Mayor. Well, thank you for that report, uh, Deputy Mayor. Councillor Black and I visited a, maybe two years ago. I know they were about to do like a bunch of really cool upgrades, and we said, oh, we wanna go back once those upgrades have been done. So it sounds like they've been done. We need to go back and check it out and have some compare before and after. Um, so thank you for that. That's um, good to know that, the, that they've been moving along with those projects. Um, I will keep my update relatively brief. Um, as you know, I represented Kirkland at the SCA PIC, Public Issues Committee, meeting in December. Um, I, as I mentioned earlier, I'm aware that I owe you notes from those. Thank you for your patience as I am catching up on being on break for two weeks with my family and enjoying myself and relaxing. Uh, and But part of that meeting, one of the items that we discussed was um, the SCA board at our November meeting had... Um, Decided to ask SCA PIC to provide input on our suggestion and our letter that we sent to SCA to send a letter This is a lot of letters I'm talking about to send a letter to the King County executive about the potential um, ballot measure this fall um, Pick was very supportive. I don't think there were any comments in opposition. All the comments were extremely supportive had great ideas about what to include in the letter. Um, you may also remember that um, I was on vacation during the SEA board meeting. That was a follow-up to that. And so I had hoped to have an update on that for you tonight about the specifics of the letter or what was discussed in that meeting, but I don't yet. But I will have that for you shortly. Either um, staff and or myself will follow up and get that information for you. But just wanted you to know that support continues. I had provided um, an update at our last meeting that the SCA board was very supportive. And now, SEA is also very supportive and gave great input. So hopefully, that letter will be going out soon. Great, thank you,
8: Councilmember Sweet.
11: Thank you. I think the only thing I'm going to report
0: out on is on Thursday we are going to be having an all-day long session at Cascade Water Alliance, uh, talking about the final water or the final decisions around who we're going to engage in a long-term contract uh, for the provision of water, whether it be. Tacoma or Seattle. Both Tacoma and Seattle will be presenting that day, um, and they have the very different approaches. And I am hoping—not sure if you have thought in terms of the city manager, but I think we need to have a staff person there. Um, and I'm just not sure who the appropriate person. I mean, maybe it's still John, um, but is going to be so missed
1: <laughs> yes, yes absolutely yes we are we are evaluating that
0: okay great um, but that decision is coming very soon it will happen within the first quarter and that this is really a discussion that opens up a regional approach to water that has never been considered because Seattle would never willing to consider a regionalization of services and they are finally doing that so it's it's huge And with that, that's all I got to report. All
8: right, Councilmember Black.
5: Uh, Thank you, Madam Mayor. Uh, Two items. Um, First, I wanted to let my colleagues know um, that, in lieu of a meeting of the principals of the Regional Crisis Response Agency, or RACER, in lieu of a December meeting, uh, the uh, director of RACER uh, sent out a year end update and I think it's a really helpful update, and I'm going to, uh, I received that uh, just the other day, I'm going to uh, forward that on to you so that you all have that uh, additional information about where uh, RACER currently stands. It also has some in, uh, helpful information about um, forecasting uh, the, uh, the work on the, um, on the tenant improvements for the crisis clinic and the opening of that crisis clinic in 2024. Something I know I'm excited about, I know all my colleagues are excited about too. Uh, so I will provide that information and then there uh, there will be a meeting of the principals of RACER on Thursday, January 24th. I'll be attending and then I'll uh, certainly uh, provide everyone with uh, my normal uh, uh, notes uh, for you on that meeting. Um, and then uh, on the next item, I wanted to discuss was uh, uh, an item that could lead to a legislative uh, request memorandum. Um, this is um, this is a matter um, of sort of a, addressing some um, comments we've received from uh, community volunteers who volunteer for City of Kirkland in different capacities. Um, uh, and what we've some of the feedback we've received from community members who are interested in volunteering, uh, they've asked the question, "Why are we being required to do a criminal background check?" Um, we've heard this in the context of folks who are volunteering to uh, maintain uh, traffic medians. Uh, we've heard this from folks who are interested in volunteering to do to um, to um, maintain our uh, pedestrian flags. Um, and so what I've, uh, I've talked to city staff about is the possibility of uh, just sharpening our pencils a little bit and taking a harder look, a little closer look, rather, at uh, the circumstances in which we require criminal background checks for uh, our community volunteers. Uh, we already, um, our program already um, uh, requires background checks in certain volunteer roles, but not others. Um, I'd like us to take a closer look at that, and whether there may be some additional uh, categories of volunteers where a background check would not be required. Um, just a little bit. Uh, I guess uh, the reason this is um, an issue that I, I, you know, I feel strongly about is we've heard a lot from over the um, over the past several years about barriers to reentry uh, when folks have. Um, you know, made a mistake in their life. They've been, um, you know, they've committed a crime. They've been convicted of that crime and they have served, um, their, their sentence. Um, there are many barriers to re-entry. Um, I want the, the city of Kirkland to make sure that we're examining, um, everything that we do and making sure that if there's a way that we can lower barriers to re-entry that we do so. Um, and, uh, you know, folks who are wanting to be civically engaged and volunteer for our, our city, uh, they shouldn't be prevented from doing that um, by a criminal background check. One of the things we've talked about as a council before is criminal background checks are kind of a blunt interest, instrument. Um, they're not as effective as you know, maybe the you know, broader public assumes they are, um, and therefore they're, they're not as helpful a tool as you might think they would be. And they can actually be misused uh, and they can be misused to prevent people from being able to sort of re-engage with our community. And we don't want to, and I have an interest in us not doing that. So, um, with the mayor's permission, I'm going to make a motion for a, for an LRM. I move that the city manager provides a legislative request memo that evaluates the current practice of the city requiring background checks for certain categories of city volunteers, the LRM should highlight the current volunteer background check process the reasons why the city requires a volunteer a volunteer background check and identify potential alternatives for council consideration including potential alternatives in which the city no longer requires background checks for some additional categories of volunteers
8: second it's been moved by Councilmember black second by council member falcone to do an lrm on a relativity of criminal background well
5: Vol- yeah, uh, yeah, our community
4: volunteer uh, background check program.
8: Any further discussion? I? Council Member Tim, Tim Chisholm.
4: Um, I, I'm in favor of the LRM. It sounds like a great idea. My only comment would be I would be interested in understanding what criteria we're using for exclusion if we run a criminal background check because I don't understand where we're at on that or what criteria we're looking at. Thank you. Happy to include that.
8: We have a motion to do an LRM. All those in favor, please say aye. 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 Motion passes. Thank you. Councilmember Tim Chisholm, welcome to your first meeting. Thank you. Anything you'd like to report on?
4: Thank you for the uh, mentorship and guidance that all of you have provided me um, in the months leading up to, um, to this meeting. And so, thank you for those of you that have um, taken the time to meet with me and provide me with guidance and, and mentorship, and uh, especially you, Penny. Thank you. She's pretty awesome. And
8: we know you'll have questions, so reach out anytime. Thank you. Um, two couple things I want to report on is legislative session begins on Monday going to be an interesting one. Um, King County Regional Homeless Authority is seeking volunteers for the annual point in time count, which counts the unhoused people in King County. I will be volunteering. It's January 2nd through February 2nd. If anybody wants to join me in volunteering, let's team up. Um, and if you have any changes that you want to make to where you sit on the dais, please send me an email, and we'll try to sort that out. So. Thank you, City Manager.
1: Okay, thank you, Madam Mayor. So, um, one comment and one request. So I just wanna let you all know, with one of my hats as the uh, board member of the Peace Operating Board and Joint Board, um, we have officially transferred everything from the Joint Board, it's no longer a project, it's now the Peace Operating Board, so the system has been successfully implemented. We have uh, spent almost $300 million to convert the entire public safety analog system to now a digital system. Uh, There's still some kinks to work out, but that was a huge milestone that we accomplished um, at the end of last month, just before uh, the end of the new year, and so we'll now be moving forward to a much better public radio operating system. So uh, there'll be a a bigger update on that coming soon. Um, Second one is a request, which is we have had, um, uh, several council members have been receiving uh, comments from a person um, with potential litigation uh, with the city, and so we'd actually like to ask for a short executive session following the uh, public comment period uh, to discuss that potential litigation, and the city attorney wants to add a few words on that, so we, we estimate that might take about 20 minutes.
14: Yeah, just just to add, this doesn't require a motion, but uh, we are asking that the council consider a 20-minute executive session to discuss two different matters, one brief and one in more detail uh, that relate to issues of potential litigation that you've been hearing from uh, third parties on. We'd like to bring you up to date on those. So that would follow the second items from the audience and uh, our suggestion, would, Madam Mayor, would be that uh, you indicate that we'd be going to an executive session to discuss potential litigation, that you expect it to take 20 minutes and that we'd be uh, reconvening for only for purposes of adjournment okay
8: thank you is everyone all right with that okay. thank you and
14: finally for
1: me is uh, any calendar update requests from the council uh, beyond what you've seen so far
0: man i don't know that this is a calendar update thank they you madam mayor <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um that's something that deputy mayor arnold sent me earlier today Uh, makes me ask the question. It seems like we have talked about talking about this for a long time, but we have a coin, the City Council Outstanding Service Award coin. We have never defined the criteria by which we can award that coin to people. I want to suggest that we appoint a subgroup or that the mayor and deputy mayor appoint a subgroup to do precisely that um, within the next month.
8: All right, city manager, you want to help me
1: here? I have that noted, so we can bring back that recommendation to the January 16th meeting. Thank you. Of selecting a subcommittee, okay. thank you. Anything else? That's all I have, Madam Mayor.
14: When clarification, is, uh, the clarification, is the direction here that we appoint the subcommittee at the next meeting or that the subcommittee comes back with recommendations to the next committee? I interpreted Council Member Sweets Comments move quickly.
1: Rather, yeah, oh, I, I interpreted them as the recommendation for the committee of next week. So if I was incorrect on that, let me know.
0: Yeah, okay. can I just suggest that the mayor and deputy mayor maybe could just appoint three folks and let us know right now or next week?
8: Or can I just ask for volunteers? Good idea. Yes, is there are there three council know. members who would like to volunteer to be on the subcommittee? Council member Sweet. Councilmember Black, oh, Councilmember Falcone. Anyone else? Did I leave anybody out? Great. Okay, we have our subcommittee.
1: Okay. And city manager's office will work with you to staff you on that.
8: Thank you. So, thank you.
1: All right, that's all I have.
8: To all right. Thank you. It's nine thirty-five. I was a little eager earlier, but now we are at our second items for the audience. This is additional time in our meeting, where we can normally. I'm gonna have to separate these two, where we normally can hear from the public on matters that are not quasi judicial or otherwise scheduled for public hearing on our agenda. The rest of the meeting has been concluded before 10 p.m. Is there anyone from the public who wishes to make comments now either in person or via telephone or Zoom? If you are present or virtual, if they would like to address the council, please sign up using the public comment instruction link or the posted QR code for those participating by phone. Please dial star 9 to be recognized to speak. Is there anyone else that would like to address the council? Last chance. Uh-huh. All right, thank you. Uh, we will now recess for executive session. Um, As mentioned earlier by the city attorney, we expect to return in 20 minutes only for the purpose of adjournment. So thank you, everyone. Thank you.